This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Reap Maras, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 44, and I am joined by a man who was once labelled the non-league Paul Gascoigne. It's Mark Boyd. Hello, Mark. How's it going, mate? I'm good. How are you? I'm grand, mate. I'm grand. All the better for seeing you. Obviously, it's always a good time when I get to have a chance to talk to you, mate. Um, some of the listeners might not know that obviously we've had a conversation before back um, during the summer. That was on episode 29, if anybody out there wants to go and listen to that. We sort of went through your playing career from your time at Newcastle Academy up until we got to Carlisle and then you sort of left to go to Gretna and we left it there. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll continue that a little bit later on, Mark, if that's okay with you. Yeah. But for now, mate, let's have a little bit of a catch-up. Obviously, you work with Chris Lumston at Lumston Elite Coaching Academy, and the winter months are well and truly upon us. So does, does that is that just a straightforward switch to more indoor training, or does everything slow down a little bit? What's what's the latest that, uh, at Lumston Elite Coaching, mate? To be honest, mate, we've, um, we've took a complete break um, because, I mean, obviously, we are starting back, back up again. Um it's half to do with facilities and half to do with how much effort and time we've put into it. Um, we started off and we really went for it. We were doing five days a week. We were doing weekends. We were we were really, really building up our, our clientele and things like that. And it went really well. Um, and then the dark night started to, to draw in. Um, we looked into inside facilities. And we decided not to go down that route. We've just had like a, a bit of a shutdown for winter. Um, I think we've just, it's done us good. We've sort of recharged the batteries, what have you. Um, we're sort of planning for when we when we restart and we've just uh, we've just sort of advertised two soccer camps, one in April and one in August. First time we've done it and um, we've had a really good response from it. Um, I mean, we've got, I think we've got 50 kids booked in already. Um, oh, nice. Over two days. Um, I think we're, I think there's, I mean, there's, there's not many places left now. Um and it's, yeah, so it's, it's going really well. Um, but we're both getting to spend a lot of time with our families at the minute. Um, Chris is still commentating. I'm not, I, I've, I've decided to take a little step back from the from the commentating um, just because, oh, a couple of reasons, really. Um, I was I was doing, obviously, the, the away games for Barrow. And, um, I mean, I, I I have to do all the driving because the lad who I've done it with, he can't, he hasn't got a driving license, and I'm finding it a bit tough because um, we, we go some a long way. I mean, don't get us wrong, he's trying to get past um, his, 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 his test. Um, he's he's failed his theory a couple of times, but I believe he's passed now, so he's on the final final straight. So good luck to him, uh, to Adam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. I'm actually doing the Carlisle game this Saturday, actually, against uh, Walsall. Um, I've been asked to go and do a home game for Carlisle, which I'm quite looking forward to because I've never, I've never actually commentated Carlisle at home. But this time on uh, this, this this Saturday coming, I'm doing Walsall, so looking forward to that. Yeah, man, that would be a great experience getting to do a home game commentating. 
Yeah, um, it will be. It's how, just different. Sorry. It's not <laughs> yeah, the best it's different. No, it's not a bit difficult. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. How, how would people go about getting in touch if they want to get their uh, kids onto these uh, coaches and uh, these classes in April, man? What's the, the, what's best, the links in there? The best way is you can get me on, you can get me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you can also get uh, Chris Lumsden on Lumsden. We've got a Lumsden Elite coaching page. Um, so I think if a direct message went to that, Chris would get back to them pretty sharpish um, and and get them booked in and, and, and give them the info that they needed. So yeah, it's um, I mean it's it, it's it's a quite a few months away, but we are we are already planning for it. We've got a lot of a lot of things for the kids to do and what have you, and, and we're looking forward to, to spending a couple of days with them and, and and hopefully they have as much fun as, as they possibly can. Yeah, I, I remember having great fun um, at some of the Carlisle United affiliated soccer camps back in the day. And you used to have like little World Cup tournaments and you used to end up going away with some kind of medal, maybe a trophy if you were lucky enough to go away with a trophy. But it was a great, you know, you meet people that you wouldn't otherwise meet. You meet other people. And then when you when you put sort of at that age where you can sort of like bump into people in the park and stuff, you're not Carlisle becomes a lot less scary when you when you've got that reach. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that extra diversity in, in somebody's social life. I think that's really important at that age as well. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, 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 I know what you're on about with them, them Cali United fun weeks back in the day, because I went to them myself and they were really, really enjoyable. Remember the little World Cup, you were desperate to win, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got one. I've got one. We won. We were Jamaica and we won one. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was always a rule that if, if you were England, you never had to wear bibs. And the rule was the the team with the silliest name had to wear the bibs. That's <laughs> so right. England, yeah, that was that was the rule at soccer camp. <laughs> um, so the Cumbrian derby wasn't too long ago, and you obviously played for Carlisle and Barrow. Um, yeah. It was a nil. It was a nil nil. I'm not going to say it was a snow draw because I had a lot of fun in the Warwick. Uh, were, were you at the yeah. game yourself as well? Was me? Yeah, I was in the. Well, I still call it the newsstand. I believe it's over 25 years old. But I still I call, call it the newsstand. Oh, the newsstand. Um, yeah, yeah, I was in there with my friend and his son and his dad. Um, and I thought the first 10, 15 minutes he started off all right. There was a few flares kicking about. I thought it's a proper derby, this. Um, and then it, it sort of, it petered out a bit. But listen, Barrow had two glorious opportunities, didn't they? And then Carlisle hit the underside of the bar. So it, it could have went either way, I think. I think, I think a draw was was pretty fair but it was just it was good to see so many people there um a Cumbrian derby in the league is is nice to see isn't it oh it really was man it really was the atmosphere was next level and obviously it does kick on doesn't it obviously people take the kids to those games and then you build that next generation if they have a good time at the games and you know it just just brings everyone back together as well it normally boosts the numbers for the next couple of weeks and at this time of year when it's cold it was a glorious day, wasn't it? Like the sunshine was really out, and um, if you were in the new stand anyway, you probably got a bit of blindness if you went to. Yeah, it was. I remember waking up on the morning, and it was it was blue sky and the sun was shining, and I was really it's the first time I've really really looked forward to going to a to a match for, for quite a long time. And as I say, it was nil nil. It'd been better if there was goals, but there was a little bit of needle. There was there was there was chances. Um, um, the Barrow fans were loud. The Carlisle fans were giving a bit of stick, and they were getting a bit back. And it was, a, it, was it felt like it had a derby feel to it. I think I just wish they would open the waterworks. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, fans, oh, let them pack it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It gives them their own little well, lens. Yeah, yeah, but, but you could. Good, really enjoyed it. I, I couldn't really hear them though, to be honest. You would have been closer to them, but I couldn't really hear them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they thought they'd scored at one point, didn't they? That uh, was fun. That was fun. <laughs> they got a bit sicker than the so. Sit down, shut up. Sit down, yeah. shut up. <laughs> um, who impressed you on the day, mate? Who, who was who was like standout player either side? Who, who sort of impressed you on the day? You know what? I think Carl's um, centre McDonald is it centre half. Um, I think he he. I mean, he didn't lose a header. They played to his strengths, mind you. Um, but he he cleaned everything up. Um, I think, I mean, I've done a few away games for Barrow this season before I sort of um, stood back from it. And Ollie Banks in the midfield, he's a good player. He's a good player. Um, but, I mean, I just think it was it was two teams. I don't think anyone really stood out. Um, but, if, I mean, if you're going to ask me for anyone, I, I would probably go with, uh, with McDonald's. I think he headed, headed everything that came to him. And 
like you say, he, he can be got at if you get him at, get him at, at him at the, in the in the correct way, like getting the balls down the side of him because I don't think he's the quickest and, and what have you. But listen, he, he, they played to his strengths and he and he played really well. I thought. Yeah, absolutely, man. When they when they, when they put it in the air, it's it's it, it, it is it is his game. And yeah. Mella had a great game in the air as well. To be fair, he was doing everything on that side yeah. of the pitch, and yeah. McDonald yeah. seemed to be doing everything on the air on the other side of the pitch. And yeah, McDonald really impressed me. I think I gave him my uh, my man of the match. Now yeah. Paul Farman and Ozzy Zanzala, obviously being former Carlisle players, got dogs abuse on the day. <laughs> and you, you know you've played, yeah, you've played your fair share of professional football. Um, have you ever gone back to? Uh, a previous club and never got like worried about dogs abuse or received any dogs abuse or as every like a nice reception maybe. No, I mean I've um, let me think. I have been back. Yeah, I have been back. I played. Um, I remember I was at Southport for a year. Then I went. I went back a couple of years later. Um, I mean, there's there's a few there, but they're always all right with me because I, I sort of. I left on decent terms and everything. I've never really left the club on, on bad terms and, and had to go back and face the, the wrath of the fans, should we say. But <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've, I've been in the same team as lads who've got it and I've, I have seen them be affected by it. Um, it does affect them when, 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 when they're really getting it. Both battles, sometimes they, they can cave in a bit, but listen, some lads love it. Some lads love it and, they, and, and, and uh, it spurs them on to, to maybe play out the skin sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, Paul Farman is another one. I think Carlos should have went all out to, to maybe try and keep him because I, I have been quite impressed with him what I've seen this season. Um, Zanzala, when he fancies it, is his, he can be as good as anybody, but he's got to be really up for it. You just don't know what mood he's going to turn up in. That's the thing with him. and He can destroy defences, but at the same time, he can be anonymous. So You'll know in about 10 minutes how he's going to play. Yeah, it's one of those players, isn't he, that yeah, you can sort of tell. It, it, it can be one for an early chop every now and again. But yeah. still, you've got to start him, haven't you? Because what if he gets it oh. on his day? It's just devastating yeah. for other defenses, and he's a, he is a great player. How do you feel they they handled it on, on the day? How do you think they handled the press, the extra pressures of of the fans being on the back? I saw Farman a couple of times backed into the Warwick. That was a big statement. Yeah, I don't. I mean, listen. I think he. I think he loves it. I think he's one of the ones who loves it. I think he went that far back just for the just to see what sort of what would happen. Um, he does not go that far. <laughs> he, no a mile from a yard so he doesn't he doesn't have to go that far back I think he, he sort of played up to it and, and Zanzala could have been the hero on the day or the villain whichever way you want to look at it and he's missed that chance and I still don't know how we missed it it was it was it was real edge wasn't it I mean you see it from a few angles and I just don't know how we missed um, same with the header I think the header was a really good chance as well uh, but that's what they're, they're on the, that's what they paid for and they the failed on the day didn't they so he uh I bet he regretted that one because it was only, what, four or five yards out and just for him to slot in. <laughs> oh, he kicked it wide. I don't know how. We'd see, we've seen him do it before when he in a Carlisle shirt. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a massive surprise. Like you're saying, he's, either, he's not necessarily the deadliest of finishers. He is more of a feeding off the scraps kind of a striker, not a, a, a sort of running clean through, through the defence kind of player. At least I, I, I think so anyways. It's most dangerous when the ball's pinging around in the six-yard box and he can really dominate either in the air or on the floor. But... Um, yeah, it got to him, didn't it? That that time in front of goal, and, and thankfully yeah. so it did. And the game ended nil nil. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. It was it was a fair result on the day. Uh, Carlisle's last opponents were Exeter City. Well, actually, by the time this recording goes out, it would have been Harrogate Town. But we'll we'll have a little crack about that in a second, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, Exeter City, uh, a two one defeat. Uh, Carlisle's lineup, as I always do, mate, I'll just quickly run through it. We had Howard in goal, Mella, Whelan, McDonald and Armour across the defence, with Gibson, Devine, Mellish and Dickinson in the midfield and Young and Abrahams playing up front. Now, I'm not sure exactly if that if the BBC showing of our formation is correct there. I think Devine was maybe a little bit more of a part of like a back five kind of thing with wing-backs, yeah. but... Um, feel like it was a good system and, and and things were going really well obviously until the moment that we'll come to talk about in just uh, a couple more minutes but yeah, yeah it, it, we kept them quiet for most of the first half and it was it was pretty steady I wouldn't say we had the better of them but I wouldn't say they had the better of us either in in, the, in that first sort of 40 minutes opening exchange um obviously Callum Guy being out the squad is a big sort of change of emphasis, does force a change of system for Carlisle. How do you think they got on? 
Do you know what, mate? I think, I mean, Callum Guy is like a, he's, he's sort of the main go-to guy, isn't he? So he's they've sort of got to change things. But I mean, it was a sending off. Let's 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 get it right. It was a sending off. He's you can't two foot people nowadays, and I, I think I mean I don't want to be overcritical of, of Melish, but I think if he's not scoring goals, I'm not too sure how much he brings to the team. That's me personally. Um, He's very energetic, and I know he can. But I think on the ball, um, as a midfielder, you like. I, I don't because he's not a natural midfielder. I no. think that's where he sort of doesn't let himself down, but he needs to improve on. Should we say, um, if he gets the ball off someone, he doesn't really know what's behind him. He'll go back into like the same area instead of turning out and going out the other side sometimes. And I noticed that against Barrow a lot. He's He'll get it in one area and he'll go back into the same area. And you'd like you like to get your midfield to sort of turn out and, and spread the play. That's that's what I think. Switching the play and then you can get attacking them down the other side. But listen, he's good in the air and he's strong in the tackle, but it's ascending off. And now he's got a three-game ban and it's going to be interesting because he's a mainstay in the team, isn't he? So yeah. someone else is going to get a chance in there. Um, obviously, I think Callum Gale comes straight back in. He's the captain and they go through him a lot and Hopefully he, he can start playing the way people know he can play um, under the new manager. So, but overall, I mean, when they went two 0 down this season, you're just expecting three, four, and five, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but they've got a goal back, and and I mean, I do read social media. I don't get involved with it. Don't get me wrong. I never get involved with it. I never would. It's not for me. This, these Twitter spats and and comments under and I, I've got. Listen, we've all got our own opinion, but some people want to put it out to everyone, some people keep to themselves. I'm one who I won't go on, on social media and, and, and have my say, but it seemed a lot more positive from 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 the same old faces who aren't normally positive um, from what I've seen on Twitter because you do recognise the same names and faces. And it seemed, as I know they got beaten, you've got to realise Exeter's recent form is excellent, isn't it? Really good. I mean, the form, team, yeah. form and they went to 10 men and They've had 10 men for a long time. and to, to, I mean, look, look, they still lost the game. Let's not get it wrong. They lost the game. But I just think the way they didn't crumble was was maybe the, the positive you want to take out of it, I, I suppose. But you're playing a team who are on four with 10 men. There's only going to be one outcome. But they've had a right go, I think, which is good to see. But tomorrow yeah. night, I'll get tomorrow night. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's to that point now, but... I mean, you've got to remember, I got, I got relegated with Carlisle. Um, I mean, but I was only there just under five months. And I don't ever remember the fans really, really turning on us. They always really got behind us. And I, I, it always sticks in my mind that. Um, because you, you you do see fans sometimes. And if the team's bottom or second bottom, that's it. I mean, we I went to Oldham. I mean, this was earlier on in the season. And Barrow went 2-0 up. And Oldham fans were just booing the whole team for the rest of the game. I'm like... It's only going to send them one way, isn't it? But I do remember my time at Carlisle. It all sticks out of my mind that whatever whatever the result was, they always clapped us off the pitch from from walking in in the paddock and and things like that. And they were always there the next game. They never never stayed away just because we were we were struggling down the bottom. So hopefully that's the same again because it's getting to near that time I call Christmas time. And if, if you're still down in that bottom two or three, you've got to accept that you're in a relegation fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a good run of fixtures coming up, and so like Walsall is is, is definitely a winnable, a winnable game. So is so is Harrogate. We've got we've got a couple of fixtures coming up that we're definitely we can get some points on the board. Um, yeah. I feel like though, Carlisle, you, you're right. They don't necessarily have a go at the players for losing games because there's a direction focused who we're blaming for where we are and it's 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 the board and it that's kind of what's going on like the fans are obviously yeah, yeah. you know the the there is a little bit of boon at the end of games but it's not there was a little bit of boon at the end of the barrow game where I was yeah. in the Warwick there was a little bit of booing yeah. but it's not it's not directed at the players necessarily it it, yeah, it is it is it is directed a bit more upstairs and and rightly so as well. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give some of the lads a backing up there. You, you, uh, you don't have to say anything libelous. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's it's one of them for me. I, I think if as long as they're given, as long as they're given everything and 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 the sort of the seeing little bits of changes with the new manager, just a little bit of optimism. That's all people want at the minute because it's been a tough old season up to now, and 
I mean, the managers. I mean, he lost, as you said, he lost at the weekend. But but it's 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 the manner of which the loss. I think people can sort of take something from. Definitely, definitely very. It was an easy one to take, especially with the goal. It was a great, it was a great ball in from Dickinson. The way he sort of held it and held it and held it, and then just just found that bend at the right time and, and Gibson at the right time, just in the back post. It was a really nice finish. You could see the Carlisle fans behind the goal. Uh, enjoying the first goal in a while, <laughs> what felt like yeah. the first goal in a while. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Exeter goals just a little bit, based just off the back of the highlights, mate. Um, a daisy cutting low cross that just sort of like ended up in the back of the net. The striker claimed to get a touch on it, and like that's quite funny when you see it back in in, in the highlights, the way that he's like, I, I touched it, I touched it, you can literally see him pointing it, my goal, my goal, you can literally see him pointing at himself. That's um, for you. Yeah, that's what, I that's what I thought you might say. Um, but, it is a little bit disappointing. Earlier in the season, there's definitely been accusation made of lack of communication between defenders, back there in the Carlisle back line. But I feel like more and more it's been getting better with Whelan and, and McDonald. They definitely sort of like figured well, how they're going to defend and how they work together out. But when you keep throwing Feeney in the mix, obviously you can unbalance things and, it, it, you know, you don't get time to gel with, with, with certain players. And maybe that can affect Carlisle's back line and the communication back there. But, I mean, what happened there, mate? Was it just somebody that didn't, say my ball or like sort of like what happens when when those daisy cutting balls just go through everybody like it must feel absolutely <laughs> going yeah. you're waiting for someone to take control aren't you and i think i think everybody was waiting for everybody else to take control of the situation but i think i, I like you say i think the communication will, will be a lot better now because of the the keeper they've got on board he's he's very very experienced isn't he? i think he's 35 he's been around and i think that's going to be a good signing in the end um, because if you've got someone who's has that experienced and, and, and that vocal coming from the back the front, and, and spreads right through the team, and you'd think McDonald would be would be the same, then you've got Guy in front of him as well. So that, that's the spine of your team, isn't it? Um, and if you've got the spine of the team who are communicating with everyone and are very vocal, and and at times like now, you'd really need them more than ever because you need them. If you go a goal down, do you think, oh, here we go again? Um, and you've got to get, sort of get, get that out of them um, and think, look, we can... We can get back into this if we do go behind, or if we get in the lead, let's 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 hold on to this lead, however whatever it takes. And it's going to get to that. It's going to get to that situation where I don't think people are really going to care how they play. It's if they win or not, um, and that's what it comes down to. Because I, I was speaking about this today um, on the phone, and if you go out of the league now, it's so difficult to get back in. It's and you don't want to really. I'm not. I'm not being really negative here. I'm just being realistic. Um, yeah. You're in a position now, I think, for a reason. Um, and I do believe Carlisle will finish in the bottom four or five. That's my honest opinion. But where I don't know. Um, and that's where you you've really got to. You need your experienced lads and, and you need lads to be brave when 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 the games start running out and things like that. And you just need to get results anywhere you can. Um, nice football goes out the window because, like I said, if you go out of the league, ask teams like Grimsby, Stockport, the list is endless, Chesterfield in the league, even below that, you've got York City, Chester City, they were always league clubs. Yeah. And they've been in the league a long time now and getting back in for them is so difficult. And for this city not to have a team in the league, it'd be it'd be a disaster, I think. Um, and you just... But, listen, we're, not, we're, we're nearly at Christmas. Um, the manager's pretty new. Everything can change, but I think it needs to start changing sooner rather than later. Yeah, the pressure is going to be on pretty soon uh, if we're not outside the relegation zone around Christmas Day, I'd yeah. say. People are going to start yeah. panicking, absolutely. And obviously, everyone keeps saying that the January transfer window is going to maybe give us extra possibilities and options and stuff, but there's nothing stopping us right now from signing free agents and there's nothing stopping us from signing players on loan, I don't think, right now either. So yeah. I, I don't necessarily think there is going to be people coming in that are going to be a saving grace. Maybe there will be like one person, but I don't think there's going to be an influx of players that are going to come in because of Millen's so-called contact books. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, 
thing is with Carlisle, it, it's 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 plain to see they need someone to put the ball in the net, and they're the hardest players to find. So, if you're scoring goals somewhere, teams aren't you're not getting you're not getting rid of a goal scorer. So, finding a one is really difficult. Like you said, I mean they've tried the look with with Young from Villa, and he's, he's decent, but he's not he's not he's not coming he's not coming bang goal after goal after goal in and and, and made you think. Do you know what? That's why he's at Aston Villa. Mm. You've not been bought that with with the lad and Abraham's is I think for me he struggled he struggled that is um, he's not he's not the answer for me um, yeah I think they just they, they, we need to find that I mean they've got high hopes for Fishburne but he's a kid he's a kid I mean I know kids come in at that age and they do score goals and and listen now he, he's starting to get thrown in he's a real big unit as well I didn't know he was so big yeah he's a big lad. yeah he is he's he is physical like. Yeah, he's, he's got the he's got the physical attributes already, even at his age, which which I noticed when I went down and, and seen him against uh, when he was warming up against Barrow. I thought he's a man already. Do you know what I mean? And some of these seventeen-year-olds are obviously still young lads, but he looks he looks like he's, he's he's developed well. But yeah, I just think you'd be desperate for them to, to find someone just to to come in and get them goals after Christmas, just to get them away from that bottom too. But it's going to be tough just to find that that player, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what everyone wants. And you know, we're not really going to throw the checkbook at a lot of people. And evidence says Danny Graham, apparently we were talking to him last January, tried to get something developing. And then obviously over the summer, nothing developed either. Now, I'm not saying he would have hit the ground running necessarily, but it would have been an option <laughs> that he would have liked to have had, <laughs> you know? I mean, do you know what? If, Like you said, with free agents and things, it's it's still November. I mean, I do believe he's doing nothing. Well, I know he's doing nothing. Um, listen, he's 35, coming up 36. He's going to take a bit of time if he was to come in to get up to speed. But who else is out there? Do you know what I mean? They, they should tempt him for, for a few months after Christmas and, and see how he feels at the end of the season if he, if he come in and because he's done, he's been there, and done it, hasn't he? He's proven even in the Premier League, so and the Championship things like that. So he's had a hell of a career, but you don't know what he's. He's maybe just happy sitting on the couch drinking cups of tea. You just don't know, do you? No, you just don't know. That's right. <laughs> um, unfortunately, twenty minutes after Exeter opened the door, they went running through it again. A devastating play down the left-hand flank and. I don't know again if it was a lack of communication, not not being closed down fast enough. The 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 fullback had enough time to to pull it back and 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 take his shot with quite a lot of space, very close to the corner of the six yard box. And yeah. it, it it is one of the things that a lot of fans have been saying about Millen is that he's got the defense right. And I don't I don't want to be too harsh on them because they are a man down, and that obviously yeah. causes causes a bit of a reshuffle, but. These the, this, these things that used to be problems bef- before he took over, and if they start coming back because the team have like not necessarily kicked the habit, and um, it could really it could really start a downward spiral for that defense if they don't uh, shore up again. Because after this goal, there was a lot of hands, a lot of hands going up, you know, a lot of gestures, a lot of shouting and pointing at each other. And it was the same after the first goal as well. But Caprice's first goal in is a little side note: three hundred and twenty-one appearances. So it lets you in on Carlisle's luck of late. It does. <laughs> no, I mean that all that all that finger pointing and things. It's yeah, I know what you mean it's it's not it's not it, it doesn't look too good when you when you see it, but you just hit the nail on the head there. The the, the new managers come in and he, he had to get them out of some bad habits and. He has to get them out of it quick because some of the goals they've conceded over the last few weeks have been really, really soft. Um, when you watch them, especially when you watch them back and you watch the replays of them, you, some of them you just you shake your head in disbelief. So, but before that, it was was it three clean sheets? Um, I mean, I know it's in different competitions and what have you, and, and then against certain teams. But yeah, it's, yeah, when you're in that position in the league and you're clutching at straws for anything, and if you're not scoring and it's just it's it's difficult being down the bomb, uh, and they'll be they'll they'll be feeling it then players because at the end of the day, it's their livelihoods on the line, isn't it? Um, and and they want to be professional footballers playing in the in, in the EFL, and if they were to go out of it, 
a lot of them wouldn't get back in it. Um, that's just the harsh reality of, of the business that they're in. Um, I've been there myself. It's it, it's tough for me when I when we, when we got relegated. I was in the wilderness for two years and I was close to packing it all in. But luckily, I, I got another chance and kicked on again. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. And, and when you're down the bottom and things aren't going your way, even it's it's just a, it's people say it's the best job in the world. It's not when you're down the bottom. No, <laughs> it seems like some Carlisle players as well. They're just dropping like flies at the moment. There's there's an injury to Louis Alessandro that's going to keep him out for a while, and then Mellish is going to be suspended for three games. Um, Clough took a knock last week, so obviously he was rested uh, for this game. I think he was still on the bench though. And it, oh, yeah. it is the time of year when picks fixtures start to pile up, players start to get injured. And you might not get a choice but to play players like Fishburne and like Charters because they just won't have the options going forward. And that's, that, that's sometimes when they do actually take the chance, when they get a few games, um, an actual, not, not just coming on a sub, excuse me, they get they get a start and they've got no option to, but to, to keep him on. And two, three, four games down the line, he might nick a goal and then, you could see the kid take off and I'd like to see nothing more than someone come through the ranks and, and, and be that saviour, you know what I mean? And I'd love it to be him. I mean, he's went down to Lancaster, I know it's, it's, it's a few steps below, but he's absolutely smashed that league at, yeah. at a young age. Uh, every single game he was scoring, wasn't he? One, two, three goals a game. and So he's, he looks, he looks a prospect, doesn't he? But like you say, over Christmas and when the games do pile up, that's when the manager's got to be careful with how much training they're doing things like that because the squad squads aren't massive in the lower leagues and, and you need players on a Saturday at three o'clock and some lads might just have to sort of train on a Friday if, if they've got niggles if they can get through games and it's a bit different when you're mid-table because it doesn't it, it matters but your life sort of doesn't depend on it does it but when you're in that bottom two and three you need to you need to strap lads up and get them out on the pitch yeah we've got um Gibson is probably my man of the match and we always nominate a man of the match even if we end up losing the game from the Carlisle side I'm tallying them up into some kind of award I'm going to send in to Brunton Park one day um, but yeah he's he's my man of the match it was a very well taken goal but there was also a time when he took the ball from his own half and just absolutely ran at the defenders he let himself down yeah. in the final third with the ball into Christian Abrahams but he's, he's a real bright spark. And I feel like if you've got him on one side, Dickinson on the other side, and a player like Zach Clough, that's that's surely too much quality to go down in this division. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I agree with you. I agree with you on on what you see and sort of the reputation Zach Clough's got and, and Dickinson's got. You think, yeah, but they've got to go out and do it, haven't they? Um, yeah. And I, I, I do, I do agree about about Gibson. I think he's he's a bright spark, and if he can work on his final ball in the final third, he'll, he'll become such such more uh, such a better player. And but he, they've got him from from Ireland, and the, the, there is some gems in Ireland. I mean, I was in, I played Fosslago as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> come from, and there's a lot of players in that league that that always make the jump up, and there's a lot of good players out in Ireland, uh, and he's one of them. So. Hopefully he keeps improving and, and does well for himself. Yeah, so would he be your man of the match as well? I'll get you on the yeah, side. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. I'll get that written down so I don't forget Gibson. Um, so obviously Carlisle are going to be playing Harrogate. It's going to be Tuesday night. This recording's going out on Wednesday. Um, but is there any is there anything you would change from the Carlisle lineup going into the Harrogate game? Would you want to be more? Physical, maybe, or would you want to try and get the ball on the ground more? What, or, or do you think it was pretty good? Because I thought it was a pretty good performance. Obviously, we held them just up until the red card. So, would you change anything? Well, I mean, it was it was decent enough, wasn't it? But how to get a good side? They are a good side. You've got. I mean, you 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 get you sort of think that a team have come up and, and things like that, but they've been up for a while now, like Barrow and. And they're sort of settled in the in the league, and, the, and they've got a good a good squad together. Um, they've had the manager and Paul Thurwell there for a long time. Um, they all know exactly what what the jobs are. They know exactly how they want to play. They're all very they'll be very well drilled and things like that. So you just don't want to give a team like that an early an early lead or just a bit of a leg up, you call it. And they think you know what, I quite fancy this. You just got to really you've got to start. I think with Carlo, you've just got to really start brightly and, and take take the game to them and. And get that goal at home uh, in the league, and just. But no, I think 
from Saturday, you've, the effort was, I mean, I mean you, you do need more than, more than effort, of course you do, but it was, how do you, how do you say, it? obviously it was a loss, but it was a loss where you often come away thinking that was terrible again. There was nothing in the game. and There was, there was little positive parts. And I mean, like you say, we're getting to Christmas now, so you do need, you do need results, but I think it's one of them. I don't think they'll be too overly, overly bothered about the performance. And I think you'll be the same. I think you'd take an ugly one 0 win all day long. Um, oh yeah, you don't really have a choice when you play on Harrogate's pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So it's one of them where just just pretty more the same effort wise. And I mean, obviously Mellish has got to be replaced, hasn't he? Um, and he's been a mainstay in the team. So, but Guy will come back in, won't he? Um, but yeah, it's, it's another tough game. It's another tough game. And listen, unfortunately, Carlisle are one of the teams, along with Scunthorpe, Oldham, and one or two others, that teams are going to fancy themselves against at the minute. Um, and that's up to Carlisle to, to sort of tell, to, to turn up and, and show them that they're, they're not uh, just going to be easily beat, which they have been a lot before Beach left. See, in, in, in the last episode, I was talking to Wills about Callum Guy uh, maybe be having, having a bit of a poor season this season so far. And the fact that every time he gets on the ball, it looks like everyone just pegs it and, and he's got no one near him. And Wills was saying about Danny Devine being the sort of player that wouldn't wouldn't bob on. You know, Joe Riley bobs on and so does John Mellish. But like Devine would stay closer to Guy and maybe just take that pressure off and give him that extra option where he can just pass it short because maybe that's that's kind of the issue there I think it'd be interesting I'd like to see in the Harrogate game I'd definitely like to see Guy and Devine in the midfield and just see if that if if, if that theory holds true because there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing while Millen decides who his favourite players are but yeah you know eventually we're going to see some kind of consistency yeah I think so I mean Guy and Mellish is a two I mean like I said before, Mellish went on that ridiculous goal-scoring run, didn't he? Um, yeah. I think it's bought him a lot of... Personally, I think it's bought him a lot of time in the team. Now, he's out for three games now, and it's time for something different. Um, and you might see a guy next to Devine, and he might he might just bring him, bring his game on again, like you say. And I do know what you mean when he gets it in turns. The options are limited. The options are limited. Um I think Alessandro is a type of player that does like to show for the ball, but obviously he's out injured. But like you say, get it out wide to the to the lads who, who look threatening. Um, let, let's see what their fullbacks are about. But like you say, when they're getting in them positions, it's who they get who's getting on the end of it, and that's I think this is going to be the going to be the Achilles heel until it's sorted and getting it sorted is just the biggest task in the world, I think, because finding goal scorers at this point in the season. To come to a team who are down, down the bottom of League Two is is a hard, hard task, but they've got to try and try and do it, haven't they? Because they need goals from somewhere. They do because you, you can't, you, you just can't keep going on on the way it is and expect to win football matches when you when you're not when you're not scoring scoring plenty of goals. But like you say, tomorrow's going to be tough, and Carlisle's one of them teams that, unfortunately, teams won't quite like playing against at the minute, and that's not yeah. a good thing. That is part of it. I mean, the, the, the form table definitely tells a story. Carlisle are now in, in the relegation uh, zone. It might be a different story if you pull up a result against Harrogate Town on Tuesday night. But it's you know, when you look at Exeter, they are definitely they're the, they're the inform in the league, uh, the informed team in the league. It was always going to be a, a really tall task. And yeah. yeah, I feel like we did have a good game. And going into Harrogate, um, I, you know, you're hoping for a bit more, but Harrogate aren't that far away from Exeter in the league, and it's not like they've been terrible this season. Thankfully, they've been having a more of a blip recently. Yeah, uh, thankfully, but you know, they lost against Salford. It's yeah, it's it's gonna it's it, mate, it's gonna be one of those ones. But yeah, we'll move away from the football crack and uh, we'll we'll go back to uh, go back to anyway obviously a long time ago we spoke about we spoke about your footballing career and we sort of like went through Newcastle Port Vale Carlisle and we left things at the big money spending Brooke Marlson uh, wheeling yeah. 
Gretna. Yeah. Now, obviously, there wasn't just you that jumped ship from Carlisle to Gretna, and it wasn't only going to be you over the next couple of years that also did that. The, the checkbook was well and truly out. There was cash being splashed around. Did that impact the changing room at all? Was there any sort of like um, people swanning about the place, or like how how was that like uh, in Gretna the changing room? It was it was full of egos. Obviously, you've got lads coming down from the SPL on big money, coming down for money, and that's it. Um, and there's a big divide in the English changing room and the Scottish changing room. Um, there was a lot of backstabbing going on. Um, it was a bit of a poisonous atmosphere. But the players were that good compared to Scottish third division players that they won, it, they won more, nearly every game. So that sort of that sort of papered over the cracks of of what was going on in the change room. I mean, it wasn't a nice place to be, and there was always somebody slagging somebody off. And I felt sorry for Brooks Marsden who was putting all this money in, and. You would think it would be a place where everyone everyone was was getting on, and because of the results that they were getting, but it was the total opposite. Uh, there was arguing and training on a daily basis. The reserve team manager didn't like the first team manager, vice versa. But they would slag each other off to other people. It would get back to them. It's like a schoolyard. It was it was, um, and it was just the worst worst year and a half of my entire career. It nearly nearly ended me with football. That's how bad it was for me. Um, and luckily enough, in the end, Brooks Marsden gave me some money to to tear my contract up, and I couldn't get away from the place. You know, is that is that what happened? Because I was going to go on to after Gretna, obviously you had a little bit of time on loan, and that was your only uh, loan spell of your career, I believe. Um, yeah, was that was that Mackles, That was at Macclesfield Town. So coming back across the border, Macclesfield. Um, was was that was that just a big relief for you, just to get away from Gretna? Would you have taken anything at the time, or? Um, how did that well, move come around for you? Well, it was, it was my old manager from Port Vale, Brian Horton. Um, and it, it was bizarre because I couldn't get a game in the Scottish Third Division, but there was an English League Two team wanting to take me on loan. And Why weren't you getting a game at Gretna? Because I didn't go with the manager. Um, because ah. he did, I'll tell you, what, so what happened was, I got asked to play in a, a pre-season game against a team called Dalbeaty Star. I don't, I'm, no, no disrespect to Daddy, I don't know what league they're in. I think they're yeah. in some part time Scottish league. So I played I played 45 minutes and Brooks Milestone came on the pitch and went, Can I have a word? I was like, Yeah. I'd played really well, but I played really well against not great players. Yeah. And that's, but I should play well against players like that, if you know what I mean. So he's took me off and he's offered me three years on the side of the pitch on really good money. And I was like, like, where's the manager? It's like, leave the manager to me, I'll speak to the manager. Uh, so I went in there and I signed a three-year contract on really good wages. <laughs> um, but the reason I left Carlisle was, I had a gentleman's agreement with Simo and he went back on it. Now, it's, it wasn't Simo's fault. It was, his hands were tied. Um, and I was on X amount and I got offered just under half of that. Mm. And he promised me I would get at least what I was on or more, whether we stayed up or we went down. That was my reason for coming back to Carlisle in the first place. Mm. But that never materialised. So I was in a bit of limbo because we'd been relegated from the Football League. I thought, what do I do now? Um, so I was sort of like just keeping myself as fit as I could. And then obviously I played this pre-season game for Gretna and I got signed three years the day after. But that was on that was on a Friday night. And I signed on the Saturday morning. My first day was on the Monday. And this is... It's just hard to believe. I got called into the manager's office and he went, I'm not happy about this. Didn't introduce himself or nothing. The first words he ever said to me was, I'm not happy about this. And I went, what's up? He went, I didn't sign you and I don't want you here. I was like, right. I said, I've just signed three years on Saturday morning. He went, I know you have. He went, you're training with the reserves. And that was it. So from day one, um, there's lads at Gretna. I was there with, I mean, you probably had Derek Townsley, he was there. Uh, Mark Birch, Gavin Skelton. I'm pretty sure they would tell you I got tripped unbelievably badly. The time I was never in any trouble. I got, I got on with it. I'd done everything I was asked to do. I played for the reserves because at the end of the day, it's my job. I'd done it. I'd done it to the best of my ability with 
bear in mind, I played in League One a lot of times. I played in League Two a lot of times, and I'm playing for the Scottish Third Division reserve team for over a season, and it was tough to do. Um, and in the end, I, I was at my wit's end, and I just went into to see Brooks. I said, "Look, you sign me here." I said, "I need to get away before my career finishes before I started." And um, he went, he, and we sort of talk money. And he always had a checkbook in his back pocket, believe it or not. <laughs> and he ripped me a check and I went into the manager and I just said, look, I said, you've not treated me fairly from day one. And he tried to say to me, oh, no hard feelings. And he went to shake my hand. I went, I'm not shaking your hand. I said, because you've, you've killed a year and a half of my career for no reason. No reason. So it was the same manager the whole time. Who was it? Who was the manager at the time? Ah. Mm. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Yeah, um, he is what he is. Um, but he, we used to do like 11 against 11 reserves against the first team. And I, and I should have played in that team, but I never. And then, But luckily enough, I got away. and I, I got too accurate with Stanley and I started enjoying football again. So, But yeah, that year and a half, mate, was, uh, was tough, really tough. Well, how did the move to uh, Aquiton Stanley come about? And is it just as simple as... Just because if you signed a three-year deal and cancelled it after eighteen months, is it just as simple as getting a checkbook out that kind of thing? Then yeah, you just need a, yeah. to sign well, another we, bit of paper, is it? We, is that all it is? We, England and Scotland, you've got to get international clearance and things like that. Mm. Um, and to be fair to Gretna, that's the only thing they ever done for me. They got that done pretty quick. Um, they sort of like cancelled my registration. Um, I got it, I got my international clearance from Scotland back to England, and then I could go on trial places or things like that. Now, I was at Macclesfield, a lad called Michael Welsh, who was a seven and a half, um, and I sort of kept in touch with him, and he just rang me out of the blue, and he went, like, what are you doing with yourself? I'm like, so I told him the situation and all that. He went, look, we need a midfielder. I could stand with top of the conference. We've got four and a half, five months left. So the next night, I was playing in, like, a, a Lancashire Cup game against a team called Bursko. Okay. Um, and I played really well, thankfully. And then I got signed to the end of the season and we won the conference and I really, really enjoyed it there. And I should have stayed there. Um, but because I hadn't played much football for that year and a half, that was back, that, that was I couldn't get him back into League Two. Now, Paul Cook, who's the Ipswich manager now, he got the Southport job in the conference. And he went, look, if you come, I'll make you captain, I'll make you top earner, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to play regular football and I knew I would under him. I wasn't too sure I would at Akron. And I simply went there because I knew I would play every game. And I got like 50 games under my belt last season, 40, 50 games under my belt. And, uh, and then after that, I went to Ireland with Paul Cook. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say that that's a, it's a bit of a strange move. It must have been a hard it sell. Were you married at the time? Did you, have, did you have any kids at the time or anything? No. no ah, no. so it was a lot easier for you just to pack up and, and disappear over there. Yeah. Then. I could yeah, so, I could just float about anywhere I wanted to. So, I mean, I was 25, I think, at the time, and he'd got the job in Sligo, um, and he just rang me up. He said, look, he said, what are you doing? I said, you know what, I'll, I'll come and give it. And, and it's a very, very good standard, by the way. It's, it's okay. a good standard. The island's good, but they're also really good at drinking as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that, so it was a, it was a, it was a good year. I would say more socially than, than anything else, but my career sort of kickstarted again after that when I when I, I I went to Barrow and it's funny how football works because the Barrow manager at the time was Dave Bayliss and he came in and trained with us a few times at Southport. Well, obviously he remembered me from there. He um, and he just he, he got in touch and I wanted to move back home and and then when I went to Barrow that was that was really, the next five years were just were just unbelievable. <laughs> well, um, you've, you've you've jumped leaps and bounds ahead there, man. We've absolutely stonked through a lot of your career. <laughs> I don't I don't want to just glass over uh, Sligo Rovers too quickly. Obviously, but, not too many not too many games for you over there. You, you went over there with with the manager. What happened? Did you fall out? What did you, did you get an injury? What, what's the story about well, that? There and I wasn't fit. I wasn't fit. I was. Aye. I was. I was. I was messing about really um, I was going out too much and he knew this and you know how he knew it because he was with me half the time 
So he was one of them where he wanted both. He, he wanted me to get fit and get in his team, but at the same time, he he liked to paint himself. And I sort of, I just had more fun over there than anything else, really. Um, I just really enjoyed Ireland and the Irish people, and and I didn't play that much. And it was a bit of a waste of a year, really. Um, that's when I knew I had to come back. I couldn't carry on doing that. I couldn't carry ah. on as a win. Was that that's what it was? It was, it was, yeah. it was an SOS. <laughs> he sort of persuaded me to try and stay, and I said, "Look, I need to get back and play some football now." I said, "I've I've done nothing for too long," and I saw I had the Gretna, then I had a good spell, then I'd done sort of nothing at Sligo again, and then go to then obviously, listen, Sligo as a place and Ireland is unbelievable. Like what a place, honestly. Okay. The Irish, the Irish people are phenomenal. They just. Honestly, the different, the, the well, you, you know, you know, like, um, but I got, I got roped into being, to being very sociable that season. So, but when I came, obviously, when I did come back to Barrow, we were, it was, it was the first time I'd went part time, um, oh. the conference north. Now, um, I got a job in the hospital in Carlisle, just in a, like as a porter, just delivering the medical records and things like that. And we had 24 games left for Barrow. We, we lost on the debut, 1-0 to Staley Bridge Celtic. And then we didn't lose for 23 games. And we got we got, we got got promoted in the playoffs. And then I went back full-time again. So I had like a little few months of being part-time and working and then straight back to being full-time again. And uh, and then obviously after that, we had our FA Cup runs and things like that, which were different class. I think you're a, you're a bit of a you're a bit of a legend of the old uh, hospital administrations thing. My my mum told me um, I feel like I feel I think she works with like one of your relations who works at the hospital doing a very sort of similar job maybe. Maybe um, well my mother was my boss till she retired. That's all got. That's all they you know each other. Yeah, our mums know each other. <laughs> it's small world, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was I had to go in and see like. My mum and said, "Look, I said, Barrow going full time because we're in the we're in the top league of the non league." And she was like, "Well, if that's all you've ever done. Just go back and do it." So <laughs> it was all right. She went, "There'll always be a job here if you want it." And so she was great, my mum. She was great, my mum. So yeah, yeah, we 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 went back full time, and in the obviously it's called the national league now. It was called the conference then, wasn't it? And, but it's a tough league. It's a good league. <laughs> well, because my mum knows you're on, I better say hello to her. Hello, mum, because uh, she, she'll definitely be listening because you're on, mate. She, 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 she tells stories or someone's told her stories about you in the hospital. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, af- after um, Sligo, it was Barrow, and you had that great what? season, um, pushed on. What was it that attracted you to Barrow? Or was it just the fact that it was close to home again? Oh, it was, it was I, I t- to start with, it was the manager really wanted me to sign, um, and I sort of spoke to him over the last month or two, and he was he was at me all the time to come and sign. And but I knew Graham Anthony used to play there, um, and and Holt used to play there, Grant Holt, and they speak so highly of it. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give it, if if them two two lads who've had unbelievable careers, two unbelievable players who who speak so highly of it, I thought I'm gonna give it a go. And, I went at a real period where there was a lot happening. We went up out the conference north. Um, that season we were on we were on the TV, the first game of the season against Oxford, who were favourites. Uh, we beat them. We obviously we got FA Cup third round against Sun, uh, Middlesbrough at the Riverside. Trying to get close to people like Stuart Downing, which you don't get very close to players like that. You just chase his shadow. Uh, <laughs> But just playing against them Premier League boys, and we played against them the year after. We played Sunderland in the, who were in the Premier League in the, in the FA Cup third round, and you play like there's 30,000 people there. Do you know what I mean? It's proper games, proper proper games, and your the atmosphere is electric and just some. And then obviously, we went to Wembley. We won at Wembley. Um, and just the list goes on and on and on. And like I'll always have real, real good memories of that club because of, of the times that I spent there. I mean, yeah, exactly. You did have great times there. You won, you won a lot of games, and and with it, that fair bit of silverware. Now, why did you, why did you trade that all in for a move to Drawsden, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, derogatory, by the way. I'm actually you know, in, I'm actually you know in Drawsden right now. <laughs> I was getting, I was, what was I then? I was about, I 
I was approaching for, I, I went when I think I, I think I I'd have been twenty five when I went there because I went to drove when I was nearly thirty. Um, and there's a lad called Andy Bond and Robin Holbert who were playing before me. Um, I was in and out sort of thing, and I was getting to that place. Where I was they would have kept me as long as I wanted to stay there because I got on that well with the managers. Um, and I lived in Liverpool at the time, and I just I knew the draws the manager. He said, "Look, do you want to come for a bit?" It was all right, mate. It was a conference north. It was, but after that, after them years at Barrow, it was sort of petering out for me then. And I had I went to I went to work. It I enjoyed it at working. Um, and after that, it was. I mean, from 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 literally 31, 31 to 32, 34, it was. You start deteriorating a bit. You're not the player they used to be. I certainly wasn't anyway. You still got the games in at Workington. They made you work for it. Like <laughs> you definitely played a lot of games for Workington. But yeah. I mean, I do want to mention obviously Drawsden now. Unfortunately, um, I feel like it, 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 it doesn't exist anymore. The stadium just sort of stands empty. It's all a bit overgrown, and um, it's just yeah. a big shame. Big shame. Um, it would have been nice because I just moved to the area recently. It would have been nice to have a local football team. It's very central. Yeah. It's very in the town. It's very central. Yeah. I know there's not a lot going on there, but it seemed like it was a little bit of a hub. But there's some good little teams around there. There's Ashton as well. That's a good little team around there. But yeah, after after Drawsden, Workington just 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 worked you, didn't they? <laughs> they yeah. Got a lot of games out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to my first season there. I was playing centre midfield with, with Tony Hopper. Um, obviously, yeah. God rest his soul. Uh, we had a good partnership with Tony um, and obviously with Dabber as well, Dabber Houston, uh, who's a good friend of mine. We we played together and a lot of a lot of mates. We 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 had we had two good seasons and yeah, it was good. It was good. I was going to stay for a third season, but obviously the the gravy train arrived, didn't it? What the hell? Where did what was Celtic Nation all about? It was one great season, one one not so great season. Yeah. And 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 the, the rug just got pulled out from un, un, under people's feet, didn't it, in that second season? Um, what was the initial contact from Celtic Nation? What was would they just call you directly and say, oh, or did you know the manager? And they were like, Yeah, I, I know I knew Mick Wadsworth from Newcastle um years ago. And he I, we got whispered he was getting the job and then he did. And then he rang me, he said, look, what are you doing? I said, I'm not working. He went, well, do you want to come play for me? I said, well, I sort of agreed a third season at working. And he asked me how much I was getting. And he went, right, I'll double it. And he doubled my money. So I just, I thought, I'm 30, nearly coming up 33. Um, and I rang, I rang Edmore, Dan Edmondson. I just said, look, I said, this is what they're offering. He went, get yourself there. And myself and Gary Roundtree and Aaron Taylor, we all went, yeah, but it was a good year, and we should have went up. How we never, I don't know. I don't know. We had the likes of Peter Murphy, Willie Gibson, Colin McMenamin, and we finished second to Spenny Moore. Um, and it's got to be classed as a failure because some of the money that was getting thrown about was ridiculous. And then obviously the plug got pulled because we didn't go up. Was that um, it? just because of that? It, just, it was only one season yeah. investment, was it? Right? He wanted simple as that. Yeah, he wanted to go up, 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 up. And when we never went up, even out the Northern League, he was like, I'm not doing that again. Um, he'd give a little, like, he sort of, he sort of said, right, I'll, I'll pay for the rest of this season. That's when lads started leaving again because the money was running out. And that's when I become sort of player manager, uh, which was an experience in itself because it's so different. It's 24-7. You don't switch off from it ever, uh, even at that level. Uh, because obviously we had lads leaving left, right and centre. I had to get local lads into play and it was tough. Um, but it was a good experience. Yeah, I mean, how did that come about? Was it, Did you put your hand up for the job? Yeah, or yeah. Were, you, were you asked? Yeah. It was a bit of both because we had a pre-season game and they got in touch with me and said, look, you're one of the few ones that are left. Um, would you take the game today? Like... And, and will you take the next two pre-season games? I got I got offered to take three games, and I thought, right, well, if I've got off to get take three games, I'm, I'm going to see who I can get into like to come and play. And I sort of tried to get the best lads from the area to come and test themselves because the Northern League's a really good league. People underestimate it. it's a good league. Mm. Um, they've got like you've got lads in the northeast who are good players. Um, you've got a lot of ex-pros who play in it. And fair play to some of the lads that come and had a go, and we, we fell short in the end, but. Um, they'll all tell you they had a really, really, a really good time trying in that league, and it's good to see local lads testing themselves and, and things like that. But 
it was never going to carry on. There was whispers that money was going to come from somewhere, but it never did. Um, and that was the end of that. And then that was the end of my career, really. That was me done. Yeah, just a little bit of uh, bopping around with uh, Penrith and, and Carlisle City. and then, and then Yeah, you try it. Just for something to do on a Saturday, was it, kind of? You stay involved because it's football, mate, and it's all you know. Yeah. It's yeah. all you know. But when your legs when your legs don't do what your brain tells them to, it's very very frustrating. And you can you can do anything you want, but when they when 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 they've gone, they've gone. They're not coming back. <laughs> back. Well, Mark, mate, we've 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 gone through uh, your old career now from from episode twenty nine up until just now, and I've just got one more question for you. Normally, I do end the interviews on a bit of fun, and I asked you that question last time you were on that. Do you play with yourself regarding yeah, FIFA and football manager and things like that? But I've got another one for you that I've been asking some other people when they've been coming on the pod recently, and yeah. as an ex Newcastle academy man yourself this could interest you a little bit more than the average person on the street. So the question is, if you were handed the reins or say, we're just put in as technical director. Now there's Eddie Howe in charge, but if you were put yeah. in as some kind of like technical director, who are your first three signings for Newcastle United in January? If you can pull the trigger on January 1st and boom, 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 who are you having? Anybody you want. Oh no, let's be realistic. realistic. <laughs> Do you know what? I think Jesse Lingard would be a good signing because he's I know he's um, he went to West Ham and proved his worth, didn't he? His contract yeah. talk have, have sort of fell fell by the wayside. I think new manager though. Done. New manager though at Man United. He might wanna um, he might like him. Yeah, I think but I think he would be good to get on loan to the end of the season and, and hopefully reproduce what he did at West Ham. Mm. And I think they could maybe get a real, a real good centre half. Um, who though? Who would you get? Who would sort of? Who would sign for them? That's a question. A decent centre back. That's yeah. That's true. Actually, but with, the, but with them being, with them being, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because they've got all this money, but with them being in the position that they're in, it's sort of gonna, it's sort of gonna really make players think twice, isn't it? About about signing for them, so. I mean, they got a three all on the weekend, didn't they? And supposedly they were a, a lot better, but new manager syndrome, isn't it? You normally do get a reaction out of players. Um, you've seen it all before, haven't you? I mean, Norwich won, Villa won, uh, all got new managers. So, but yeah, back to it. I think Jesse Lingard, a centre half. Who I don't know. I don't. I can't. I really don't know. Uh, I like James. Tar- is it Tarkovsky? I know he's like yeah. more, of, more of a fullback, but I do. I think like with the cells in the middle and 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 maybe Tark. Tarkovsky out wide, yeah. it might just it might just be enough to to stop the goals <laughs> at least down that one channel. Yeah, but listen, I I, I, I always do look out for them obviously because I was there for I was there for a long time. But I, I would love them to to turn it round and stay up because I'm really excited to see what they could do if because if they do stay up, I think they've got I think they'll have a, a pick of a lot of players if they do get it from a fresh start where they know they're going to be in the Premier League from from day one. I think you'd see players really being interested then. A bit maybe yeah. Uh, a Matip from Liverpool would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, something, someone like that. Yeah, proven, proven in the Premier League and in the top half of the league. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll see. But if they go down, they've got to bounce straight back up on with with all that money. Uh, oh, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I can't see that. I can't see them going down. Well, you got you got um, you got a centre back and you got Jesse Lingard. This is a very nondescript list so far, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a forward that can score? Who scores goals in the Premier League but doesn't? doesn't I, uh, I, I've suggested Vardy in the past. I, mean, he's on got one, I know, but he's got one big contract in him. How long do Newcastle? You know, there's only certain players Newcastle can sign. They only need them for two years until they, two or three years until they can bring in someone big. Oh yeah, you could do uh, the job for two years maybe. What is he? 32, 33, Is he? I think it's thirty-two. Thirty-two. Still, he should have a couple of years left, then, shouldn't he? I think he should oh. have another. Yeah. There you go, then. There's my answer. I'm going to <laughs> You're going to steal Vardy as well. Well, I don't I'm blame not. you because it's, you know, it's, a, good, it's a good suggestion that if I do say yeah. so myself. <laughs> right, Mark, mate. Them fans would love him as well. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, thank you very much for joining pleasure. me today on the podcast, mate. Always a pleasure. And I'm sure um, yeah, I'm going to be seeing you a lot more in the very 
near future because I'm doing a house move and unfortunately there's not going to be an episode next week. So uh, sorry, listeners, but I will be moving closer to Brunton Park and therefore able to give better top dollar analysis of the Carlisle United team. So yeah, Mark, once more, thank you very much for joining me today on the Blue Army podcast, mate. Cheers, pal. And uh, bye for now. See you later, pal. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.